0: Welcome to Master Your Relationship Mind Drama, teaching you how to manage your mind so that you can create relationships you love. And now, here's your host, certified relationship coach and expert in all things love, friendship and mind drama, Rebecca Orr. Hi guys, how is everyone doing today? Today's episode may be a little bit shorter, maybe it won't be, we'll see, we'll see how long I ramble on for, but it's a really simple and easy concept that is often the flaw in so many arguments and relationship problems, and I'm going to call it when you're starting from different premises, and by you I mean you and your partner, your family, your friends, whoever, whoever you're in the relationship with. So the best way to explain this concept is to jump straight into an example. So often, I have clients coming to me that are upset about the amount of texts their partners send them. I had a recent one on one client who was very triggered and upset because their partner hadn't replied to them while being out with friends and hadn't texted them before going to bed. And my client was really upset by this. And he said, Why couldn't she just have texted me and let me know that she was okay? Why couldn't she just have dropped me a quick message? It wouldn't have taken long. And he really believed that the act of not texting was disrespectful and that it was a sign of disrespect and lack of care from their, from his partner. Now, when my client confronted their partner about this, she had been totally shocked. She did not understand at all what the big deal was. She said she was just out having fun and just didn't even really think to look at her phone or text and just knew that she'd catch up with him in the morning, no big deal. So in this situation, their feelings and actions were both based on very different premises. My client's feelings were based on the premise that not replying to your partner and letting them know that you won't be in touch for a while was disrespectful and meant that you didn't care about them. Whereas my client's partner's feelings and actions were based on the premise, and I'm guessing her because I obviously have not spoken to her, but I can assume that her brain's premise and belief was something like, texting isn't really a huge deal and that not being in contact when you're out is just totally normal, not a big deal. So who was right? Neither of them. They were just two humans with totally different ideas and beliefs in their brain. Both premises are optional and debatable. Neither is inherently or objectively true or a fact. So why is this important? The reason is that understanding that people in your life won't be operating from the same beliefs, premises, and assumptions as you do, means you can begin to question the meaning you attach to their behavior. Because of course, if my client's premise was the ultimate truth, that not texting someone back was a concrete sign of not caring and a lack of respect, then it totally makes sense why he'd want to feel upset and hurt by her choosing to act in such an uncaring and disrespectful way. But that wasn't the situation, because her brain wasn't operating from that same premise. Her brain didn't believe it was doing anything disrespectful or uncaring, because the premise she was operating from was that this is how everyone acted. This was no big deal. You're just out, you're having fun, you don't even look at your phone. No big deal. Their brains are just wired to think very differently about texting. They have different sets of thoughts. Their whole way of behaving is stemming from different start points. If my client's brain was wired to think texting was no big deal, he probably would have acted the exact same way in the same situation. Another example is a client of mine whose sister was very upset with her because she hadn't asked her to be a bridesmaid, even though she'd asked her to be hers years before. And my client felt really defensive because she didn't believe she'd done anything wrong. And she believed that her sister was being unreasonable for being upset with her. And when we considered her sister's way of thinking, what might have been going on in her sister's brain, it was clear that their brains were coming from two very different premises. (laughs) My client's brain didn't think it was a big deal who you had as a bridesmaid and didn't think that because someone had asked you to be one, that you automatically should ask them to be one back. So she just picked three of her friends and she didn't really think much more of it. Whereas my client's sister seemed to be operating from the premise that people should have their sisters as bridesmaids. All her friends had had their sisters as bridesmaids. It's what she'd always seen, that sisters were bridesmaids <laughs> and probably thought that if you have someone as one of your bridesmaids, they should have you as one of theirs. Which again, is me assuming I've never actually coached the sister. This is just what me and the, my client kind of came to as we were talking about it. And again, like in the texting examples, we have two humans basing their opinions of other people's behavior, of each other's behavior, on their own beliefs and ways of seeing the world, believing that their way of seeing it was right and that the other was wrong. Again, if you imagine that in your mind, you believe it's totally natural and normal for sisters to be asked to be bridesmaid, that that's the done thing. It makes total sense why you'd feel hurt and rejected if your sister didn't ask you. That makes total sense if that's your premise of thinking, that's your belief. Each person's emotions made total sense based on the premise they were starting from, the belief and lens they were interpreting the situation through. We often see other people's behavior as rejections of us or as meaning something really terrible. But often, that's because we're running it through our own belief system of what's normal, of our own premise of what's correct human behavior. And then we're making them not matching that mean they don't care about us. I'm going to repeat that because it's really important. We often see other people's behavior as rejections or as meaning something really terrible but often that's because we're running it through our own belief of what's normal, our own premise of correct human behavior. And then we make them not matching that mean they don't care about us. Another example of this is actually from my own experience and I gave up drinking three years ago and my family hasn't always shown the most support and proudness that I would have liked them to. (laughs) And I remember one year, I think it was either my first one year anniversary of not drinking or maybe it was my second, I invited them over for a celebration gathering at my house which I thought would be really cute and a nice way to celebrate me being how I for many years alcohol free I was and I was really excited to invite them and I thought that it was going to be a really nice thing. Now they really didn't show the enthusiasm my brain would have liked. (laughs) They couldn't come for various reasons and they didn't really seem to be that kind of thrilled or you know interested in the invite when I made it. They also didn't remember to send me a text on the day to say congrats or tell me they were proud of me. So naturally, it was very easy for my brain to have thoughts that created hurt and to feel offended by this. And when I looked at my thoughts about it, I saw that I was making their behavior mean that they didn't care about me. But when I really interrogated that thought, I knew it wasn't true. My family showed that they care about me in so many ways. They always go to huge efforts for my birthday and Christmas and are always really loving and caring towards me. But in this situation, just like with the other examples, we were coming from totally different premises. My brain was operating from the belief that being alcohol free was a really significant and amazing achievement and a big deal. My family's brains, who are all big drinkers, were not of that same belief. I'm not saying they were against me being sober, <laughs> but as in, they drank, they thought they think drinking's great. They didn't really understand why someone would want to stop drinking. They didn't really get it. I don't think any of them even know anyone who's ever quit drinking or decided not to drink. And so they really didn't see not drinking for a few years as a big celebration, a big occasion, a big significant achievement. So of course, when I sent them the invite, their brain didn't really have this big reaction. Their brains don't naturally think of this as a big important life event, so of course their behavior was to not really act as if it was. And me making it mean they didn't care about me or love me was totally unnecessary, because their behavior wasn't a reflection of their feeling towards me, it was a reflection of their brains wiring and feeling about drinking, (laughs) and giving up drinking. Had their brains been operating from the same premise that quitting drinking was a huge milestone and amazing achievement, they totally would have had a different reaction and totally would have been wanting to celebrate with me. I see this a lot with birthdays too, and it's something I struggled with, with friendships and and birthdays. So to my brain, especially in my early twenties, birthdays were a big deal (laughs) and they held a lot of pressure for me. I felt I needed to have all my friends there celebrating with me to prove I was likeable and cool. And I often had anxiety about how many people were going to come to my birthday. And so birthdays in general were like important events in my mind. And my belief was that good friends will come to your birthday no matter what. And they'll make a big fuss of you on your birthday. And that's the way it should be. And then in my early 20s, one of the friends that I made totally did not have that belief. (laughs) She didn't really do anything for her own birthday. She didn't make a big fuss of it. And so when it came to our mutual friend's birthday, I was so shocked and outraged when she said she wasn't going to go and that she'd just catch up with her and, and see her another time. Because to me, birthdays were this big, important symbol of friendship and very, very important. But to her, they just weren't a huge deal. It was cool to do stuff if Some people were free, but no pressure if not. Our premises on birthdays and their significance were totally different. So our behavior and mentality around them and around whether we were going to attend this mutual friend's birthday were totally different. And it had nothing to do with how much she liked and valued our mutual friend. Now, I can almost hear some of you asking, but what if I've told them how important something is to me? And what if I've told them my premise? What if if I've told them my thoughts on this topic? And the truth is, yes, sometimes we can explain our way of thinking to someone and why something is really important to us, and then they will choose to change their behavior. And if both parties are happy with that and happy with the outcome, then of course that's lovely and great. But a lot of the time we find it difficult to continuously act in ways that aren't in alignment with the way our brains are wired because it's not our brain's default setting. Just like my client's partner who didn't think texting was a big deal. That's the habitual way of thinking she'd likely been having for years and years. She'd likely never thought of texting as a big deal. So suddenly now to try and flip that switch in her brain and make texting an important part of her day-to-day routine and an extremely important thing, wasn't that easy. This is why when we ask people to change their behavior, they can often do it for a few days or weeks and then they slip back into their old routine. It's because that's their default wiring. That's the original premise that their brain runs off. That's the subconscious code running in their programming. I'm thinking of a really weird example, which is my girlfriend and turning off switches, you know, plug switches. So she has a really big thing that every switch for every socket in the house should be turned off. And it's a real problem for her if they're not. (laughs) Now, for whatever reason, I was just never brought up with that school of thought. It's just not something that's ever really gone through my mind. I turn an appliance off when I'm not using it, sure, but I don't think to turn it off at the plug. I don't go to the plug and and turn it off. Now, my girlfriend used to get really annoyed when I forgot to do this, even though she'd asked me so many times. And she started to think I just didn't care about her feelings about it, that I was just purposely ignoring her. But I wasn't intentionally not doing what she'd asked. My brain was just not wired in that way. It didn't come naturally to me. So it took me a while to rewire my brain into having that as a natural default behavior. I'm much better now. I'm kind of there, but I'll be honest, I do sometimes still forget. (laughs) And I want to caveat this by saying this is not me saying you should all go and train your partners and friends and parents to see things in the same way you do and rewire their brains for them in the way that you would like. (laughs) That is not at all what I'm saying. So please do not go and do that. I can guarantee that that will not end well and they will likely not respond well to vigorous mental training attempts from you. (laughs) Instead, I want you to notice what behaviors you don't like about them, what behaviors you don't like in the people in your life and put yourself in their shoes for a moment and consider where their brain might be coming from. How might their brain be wired totally differently to yours? What's your premise for this versus what might theirs be? How might their belief around the situation be different? And also asking yourself, what am I making this mean? And is that really true? Challenging this is so important and considering where you are creating so much unnecessary pain for yourself by making their behavior mean something terrible about you or about them or about the relationship where you really don't need to. Other common examples I see of this are things like whether your partner should like other people's pictures on Instagram, or how often you should hang out with friends, or how often you should be having sex. (laughs) We have our own beliefs and ideas of what the norm is and what our relationships should, and if you could see me, I'm using air quotes, (laughs) look like. And so we naturally assume that that's the one correct opinion about that and that everyone else's brains must agree. And then when we notice people not acting in accordance to how we think it should be done, we feel outraged and offended and hurt and rejected. But you and your beliefs are not the standard or the norm in which you should compare everyone else's to. Your brain's way of doing things comes from your unique history, your upbringing, your past experiences, your wiring and your memories that may look completely different to somebody else's. And it doesn't make theirs wrong. It just makes theirs different. Understanding each other's unique brains and being more intentional about what we make our differences mean is so, so important because we can create so much disconnection when we don't and so much unnecessary suffering for ourselves. Okay, guys, that's all I've got for you today. That wasn't as short as I predicted it would be, but I hope it was helpful. Can I ask that you do a little something for me? Could you go ahead and give this podcast a rating on whatever platform you're listening from? This is how I can keep reaching more and more people and spreading the word of this work. And then also maybe go and share it with a friend that you think would really enjoy it. And finally, if you're listening to this and really resonating with the way I talk about relationships and mind management, I think you'd love my 12-week group coaching program, Master Your Relationship Mind Drama. This is where we dig into all these tools and concepts on a much deeper level, and I teach you how to manage your mind and emotional experience in all kinds of relationships and situations without trying to control and micromanage your friends, your family, your partner, or the future. If you think that it might be for you it's not going to be launching until september but you're going to want to go and get yourself on the waitlist just to make sure you don't miss any information about it and to make sure that you are the first to get the 24-hour discount that's going to be offered when doors open so head to the information section of this episode and i'll drop the link in there to get on the waitlist, and i'll also put a link with the details about the program But if you have any questions at all, come and find me on Instagram at Rebecca or Coaching and I will be happy to answer them all. Okay, guys, have an amazing weekend and I'll speak to you all next week. Bye. If you're loving this podcast, you can also hang out with Rebecca on Instagram and TikTok at Rebecca or Coaching. Don't forget to sign up to her email list for exclusive freebies and for more information on her one-to-one and group coaching programs.